Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're in the trenches. Stand up. Get your hands up. With N.D. Kalu. N.D. Kalu. Welcome in. Welcome back. Joining us now after one hour down with one hour to go, a guy that's becoming one of my favorite segments because he knows a whole lot about college football, about the NFL draft, and does a great job covering it. And we were lucky enough to get him on every single week leading up to the draft. And... We get to have him on for a recap. He's a great follow on Twitter, Thor Nystrom. You can follow him at Thor KU. And Thor, I think you know what my first question is going to be, Professor. How in the world are you going to give Nick Casario and the Houston Texans an F after that draft? I know Houston's not very happy with me right now. At least let me explain myself. So first of all, I grade on a curve. You know, a lot of people don't, but I I do, which means every every draft class, I have two A pluses, I have two Fs, and then everyone gets filtered in, you know, in in between those. I did think that Houston came out of this draft with bottom two ROI out of their draft slots. That's how I do it. I'm trying to judge the value that you got in your slots. And, and the biggest disagreements for me happen to come at three of their, their really premium picks, the Stingley pick, the Green pick, and the John Mechie pick. For, for me, those were reaches up on my board pretty significantly, and so that, that, that explains why I gave him an F. Yeah, it, I, I was a little surprised, Thor, because, I mean, I'm a guy who covers the SEC closely, so a lot of these guys I've watched throughout their college careers, and I have no problem with you saying, you know, your board was a little bit different. You had them as reaches. I will say this. I mean, I talked to some people pretty close to the LSU program who told me the the Derek Stingley's list, Frank injury, he was done by the best doctor in the, in the country. He's 100%. His foot is better than ever. Knowing that, I mean, if that's what the Texans were told, does that change your opinion at all on Stingley at three? It, it mitigates the risk for sure. It's just if you're looking at it the same position, apples to apples, I'm not sure how you conclude that he is the better prospect or the better player than Sauce Gardner. I, I you know, the footwork for sure, um, the athletic package might be a little bit better, but then that goes back to the risk factor we're talking about about the foot. So, you know, for, for me, you got to take Sauce Gardner there if you're going to take the cornerback. They had a conviction though, and and certainly they get to make that decision. But I'm also entitled to my opinion. Do do you play in at all? I mean, I watched a lot of the spring games and, and early practices 2019, where Stingley was guarding Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase every day, one on one at practice. And certainly, look, his production on the field 2020 and 2021 wasn't he wasn't out there, so it wasn't what you wanted. But I mean, do you take that into account that he went up against T. Higgins against Clemson? He went up against you know some some of the biggest name receivers, Devontae Smith, and all that versus what Sauce Gardner did in the American. And look, he can't control who he plays in the American at Cincinnati, but 
does that factor in at all that Stingley went up against some more elite level talent in college? Hold on, Thor. Before you answer that, Chris really sounds like how I sounded in college when a professor gave me a C minus on my paper. And I'm like, hold on, man. Like, this is damn, Chris. He already explained why you got an F. <laughs> Go ahead, Thor. Yeah, well, it, it, and let me say, Sauce Gardner, I'm sorry, Derek Stingley's freshman year at, at LSU was probably the most impressive freshman cornerback year that I've seen out of a cornerback in my years that I've been doing this, you know, six or seven years. It, it was for sure on the field. And then, yes, the, the practice film, I mean, he, the, the only guy that gave Jamar Chase any trouble on the field in the SEC, I'm, I'm pretty sure if memory serves, was, was Cam Dantzler. But in practice, it, it, Stingley would have been the second guy. Those are the only two guys that appeared to give him any problems whatsoever. So yes, Stingley as a as a true freshman was awesome in 2019 on on the best team, you know, modern team that we've seen in college football. It's just the next year he got lit up in, in 2020, and then in 2021 he he tears the foot ligament ligament really quickly, with, you know, which is the list Frank injury. Doesn't play last year. So for me, it, it's just too. It's it's not that I'm I'm saying that he's going to bust. Or, or that he's going to be a terrible player. I ranked him number 19th overall, but I, I got to ding him back because of the risk factor there. I got to pull him down on my board. Houston obviously didn't. They're more comfortable with, with the guy that, you know, the last two years we haven't seen the good football on the field because of the, the upside. And they, they very well may be right. You know, it's just a differing opinion of the risk threshold there. And, and that, that's where I came down on that one. Thor, what's going on, man? Big Sarge here. Hey, hey. <laughs> Thor, so I guess what were you expecting? I mean, when you were doing your, your mock drafts, what were you expecting the Texans to do, especially from a team who has so many holes to fill? Yeah, um, I was expecting either Sauce Gardner at three um, or the, the one of the edge guys that had fallen down. But then, you know, of course, in the days leading up to the draft, we had heard all that, that steam about Stingley. So I, I wasn't surprised that they ended up going Derek Stingley. But for me, it would have either been Sauce Gardner or it would have been, in, in this case, it probably would have been Kayvon Thibodeau. So, and, and you think with, had you not seen enough of wire, of Alabama wide receiver John Mechie to think that once he is healthy that he's going to contribute greatly to this team? Well, so as, as far as Mechie goes, for me in the slot position, you know, you have so many different options you can do. You can do the big slot guy, you know, sort of the tight end dude. You can go more of the high-volume, short-area type guy, or you can try to get a more explosive guy that runs like in the, in the four or threes and can get separation downfield. That that would typically be my option at, at the slot. It, it's not that John Mechie is a terrible player. It's that he's a non-explosive slot receiver who's coming off the ACL injury. He, he's more of the, the reliable, efficient guy, move the chains within 10 yards. For me, at, at that position, if I'm taking my other slot options off the field, I want a guy that can stretch the field downfield. Speaking with Thor Nystrom does a great job covering college football, the NFL draft for NBC Sports. You can follow him on Twitter at ThorKU. Thor, I always tell myself going into every draft, you should never be surprised by anything that happens. But every year I'm surprised. This year, my biggest surprise was Malik Willis dropping all the way to the third round. Any thoughts on why they met, why that may have happened, and did you see that coming? I don't think anyone saw that coming, in, including in the NFL. You know, they would not have invited Malik Willis into the green room if they thought that there was a good shot he was getting out, getting out of the first round, uh, much less the second round. So, I, obviously, things changed there, or, you know, I mean, the information the teams were giving out to people just wasn't, you know, even even to the NFL itself was wasn't completely straightforward as, as far as that stuff went. I, but yeah, I mean, 
yes, it's still a surprise. I, I think, you know, we don't know everything about a player's evaluation, but from everything, all indications, Malik is a great kid. So it, it seems like that would all come down to his intermediate accuracy, which is something that I think both can be explained uh, on his film by the, by the lack of supporting cast, the poor offensive line he was playing behind. You know, he, he typically had to play out outside of structure, not as a choice. He, he was forced outside of there by interior pressure every play. Um, and then, you know, not being able to set his feet in, in, in that regard, you know, that's, that's why he was thrown on the run so much. But that's something that I think when he goes to the NFL, when he's playing behind better, you know, when he's playing with better supporting cast and we get to NFL coaching as far as keeping his foot, you know, keeping his feet work when he does have that protection, I think that accuracy is naturally going to go up. And we talked about the ridiculous physical tools that he has that, that, that just goes without saying. It's just for the NFL, there's a certain risk threshold that they have for that position when they know a kid's not going to play this coming season and they know he has these specific things he has to work on. I'm just pretty bullish that he's going to fix that thing. And I actually think, though he wants to be in the first round, wanted to be in the first round, I should say, he actually landed in a spot that's pretty good for him when you look at who's in front of him, how long that quarterback is expected to stay there. I think he's actually in a good position. So that was the negative surprise. I want to go on a positive surprise. I did not see the guard out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, Cole Strange going in the first round. Give me your thoughts on that. Yeah, that that one was funny. The more that I watched Cole Strange, the more that I liked him. You know, when I went down to Mobile, I didn't have a ton of exposure to him before the senior ball. He caught my eye there first, and then the pre-draft testing was so good. And then you see him on film, and he moves around really good. I ended up giving him one of what I think is one of the higher rankings, in, at least in my industry. I, I ranked him like 53rd or something like that. And it was so funny, you know, you guys know I, I put 500 comps on 500 players on my big board. And so I, I comp out so many different guys. It's so interesting sometimes the comps that I end up settling on when in, in comparison to where they get drafted. The guy I ended up comping Cole Strange to was Joe Thune. So it wasn't a surprise at all in the end that New England was the one that sort of reached up for him. I like the kid a lot. I, you know, the, the Rams said that thing about, oh, he could have been here at 100. There was no chance he was getting to 100. He was never going to get out of the second round. I don't know how high he would have gone in the second round if New England hadn't taken him there. But New England clearly thought that they had to, you know, that they had to protect themselves from him getting picked by someone else. I, I think he would have gone somewhere between the mid-second round to late if, if they hadn't taken him. But there is a shot, of course, that some other team, they knew of some other team at the top of the second round that liked them. Thor, I know you kind of said you, you thought it was a little bit of a reach, but but Kenyon Green, now that he is a Texan, you know he's a guy who played up and down that offensive line at at A and M. He played guard, he played some tackle. Where do you see him now that he's here in Houston? I mean, is is his best fit at at guard, and I guess specifically that right guard spot? I would play him at guard, yeah, and and I think he's going to start for a long time. I, I don't know what the ceiling is there. I, I think you know he, I, I'm not sure that he has the ceiling to be a perennial All Pro. But he, yes, he is an immediate starter there. I would put him at guard, and I think he's going to lock down that spot for a really long time. Thor, as the residential Dallas Cowboy fan here, you're going to have to walk me off the ledge. I was not <laughs> impressed by the Dallas Cowboys taking Tyler Smith, uh, the offensive tackle out of tackle or guard. I'm not for sure. Offensive lineman out of Tulsa. I, I was not impressed, and I feel like that the Texans actually took who the Cowboys wanted in Kenyon Green. A, a, am I missing something here? Yeah, no, I I think that's that's probably right. Although Jerry Jones, I I saw that thing yesterday where he tried to show the reporters his draft board and tried to prove that Tyler Smith was above uh, Kenyon Green on on his board. 
Tyler, he he wasn't on mine, um, you know, and and as well as the uh, the kid from Boston College, Zion, as well. Although I did have a first round grade on Tyler Smith, I, I do have to say I, I had him thirty one. The Cowboys took him twenty four. I I like him a lot. Um, it's just there's stuff that that he has to work on. He was a penalty machine last year. Although Trevor Penning was too, and he went even higher. Both those guys had sixteen penalties last year. They have similar things that they need to work on. It's just. Smith is a little bit further behind on the developmental curve, but then again, he's two years younger than Trevor Penning. So I just thought of him as sort of a discount rack, Trevor Penning. Um, coming into the NFL, yes, he needs to play guard. He played he played tackle at Tulsa, but he has too many balance issues right now on the perimeter, and when he starts losing a rep, just like Penning does, he'll start getting grabby. So you can't trust him there initially, but that's fine for Dallas because they're set at tackle. What, what they needed was a center and a guard. They can just plug him in a guard right away. And then, you know, in a couple of years, they want to switch him to tackle, right tackle. That that should be fine. But I, I do think there's those things he has to work on for sure. Um, Dallas had an interesting draft. It wasn't just, you know, as far as Tyler Smith goes. Second round, they also took a player I was bullish on and that I had one of the – I felt like I had one of the higher grades on this guy in the industry in Sam Williams. I ranked him 65th. I, I just couldn't rank him any higher because of the off-field stuff. But on the field, he's, he's really, really good. So that, that was, of course, baked into my thing. They took him 56. That, that pick reminded me a ton of Greg Hardy, you know, from back in the day. A, a similar just sort of shooting the moon on, on the upside thing. And I totally get what they saw with that kid on film. That kid is a really, really, really good player. Without the off-field stuff, I think he would have had a shot to crack the late first round. And, and certainly he would have he been going higher than he was. It's just that, that that was sort of the risk there. And Dallas took a couple different risks in this in this class, and they sort of reached on him. And that was my, my biggest concern with him. Another one is Damon Clark later on. He, he was sort of an unfortunate case where he would have gone higher. He didn't have this, this final injury that had propped up or that, that had cropped up during the pre-draft process. But they ended up taking him in the fifth round. That kid's definitely not playing next year. And I'm not sure, you know, when we see him again or if we do, if, if he's going to look the same as he did in college. Thor, I always appreciate people who have a passion for football. You're definitely one of those guys. You've been great for our show. Please don't be a stranger and enjoy the 2023 draft. We look to catch up with you before that. I love talking to you guys all spring, and I hope we can do it again next spring. My man, Thor, appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.